Welcome to the Village Church Podcast Show, Episode 9. This is Josh Patterson, joined with Matt Chandler and Lori Ferguson. Welcome. Welcome. Here we, here we are again. Thanks. We are. Yeah. For those of you who may not know Lori, although you may know Lori. She's kind of famous. Uh, she's famous. She has been a member here at the Village Church for about four years, and is a full-time writer and designer. Blogs regularly at sayable.net. You can read her work at Christianity Today, the Gospel Coalition, the ERLC, and pretty much any Christian website <laughs> <out> there, <laughs> on the, on the, on the world kind of wide conservative web. side of things. Okay, Lori, answer this. It's real talk. How do you spell your name? L O R E. Why do you spell your name? Lori? I didn't spell L-O-R-E. my name, Lori, like that. It's so confusing. Lore. Okay, I'll tell you a quick story. My mom. Do you get this your whole life? My whole life, entire life. Yeah. So, like in school, Talk when they would do the role, they would say Lore. Lore, love, love, lovey. Yeah. Every There's no V from Louisiana. I'm just telling you. <laughs> what? Love. I know. I'm telling okay. you. Okay. So I was named after a Holocaust survivor from Germany oh. whose name was Lore. Well, now, now I feel bad. <laughs> okay. uh, I never met her, so I'm not sure she exists, but apparently that's who I was named after. So, But my mom changed it to Lori. So that's the cross that I bear. Okay. Lori. Well, that's that's a lighter cross than most. It's true. It's a lighter cross so, than. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, there you go. Got some things to talk about today on the show. Looking forward to it. Life at the Village. We'll talk about Village 101. We'll talk about a forum that we're hosting with Sam Alberry as God Anti-Gay, and then shift into culture and theology. We'll spend the bulk of our time talking about singles and women in ministry. Nothing controversial on this one at all. Looking forward to it. Jumping right into Life at the Village, Village 101. We hosted this this past week, and uh, it's an opportunity for us as a church to bring in other pastors and leaders really from across the country and uh, spend some time with them, working together, learning from one another. And uh, it it's a really sweet time. It's a really sweet time. Yeah, I, I've enjoyed, since the Lord's been so gracious to us here um, at the Village, one of the things we've tried to kind of walk in and exercise, we want to be open-handed and uh, anything we've learned, either from our failures or from God's grace, you know, pronounced grace on us, uh, we just want to be able to share. And uh, we've learned some things the hard way, and, yeah. and some things God's just been very generous in. And so we wanted to share that. And so, from elders to lead pastors to those involved in next gen ministry and even worship this time, how to break out on worship, uh, we wanted to just be able to say, hey, here's where we failed and and what we learned from that, and here's uh, where we've really seen the grace of God. Something I thought was cool just about this past week was. Uh, I think there were 38 churches represented. We cap it at 100 people, and there were 38 churches, and 26 of those were from outside of the great state of Texas. And so we, um, it was encouraging just to see yeah, the response, so. and, and we've done two of these at this point, and, and both of them, uh, you know, we're learning, and, and I feel like it's it's been a real blessing. I, I do want to say uh, just to our members, those members who are listening, including you, Lori, yeah. thanks for allowing us and affording us the opportunity to do this, and just to be mindful that this is an extension yeah. Not of the staff of the Village Church, but of the ministry of the Village Church of the body here. And so uh, this body has bore with us some of those failures and weaknesses and struggles and so true. those learning seasons. And so thanks for affording us the opportunity yeah. to do this. It's been great. Yeah. The next Village 101 will be uh, this, yeah, this October. So if you're interested, look on the website for more details. We'd love to have you and spend some time with you. It'd be great. Yeah. Don't have to be a church of a particular size. Yeah. Um, we had churches that a few hundred and up to 8, church 8,000. Yeah. yeah, I think it was 80 8,000, so. I think it was. It's great. So um, coming up here in the next few um, weeks, we'll have a forum 
with Sam Albury. Um, it's we've we've named it after a training form after his book is God anti gay. Um, as you can see, whether it be the Indiana uh, Religious Liberty Act or or the other things that are going on right now, this is the topic of no uh, our day and age and the hostilities and 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 the ideas around it are extremely volatile and so what we want to do at the village is serve the members of the village well on how to think about this how to interact with it how to consider the heart of god in all of this we know uh, that we're not to be bigots we know that we're not to fear we know that we are to love and to walk in grace but how are we to navigate um, the world we live in, where your answer to this question puts you in a category yeah. all together by itself. And that category could cause you to lose your job, could cause you to be considered um, a hateful bigot. I mean, literally, to answer this question in the wrong way in the eyes of our culture um, pushes us into a, a category that we honestly don't want to be in, um, which is kind of that category of, oh, you're you're like the KKK back in the Jim Crow law days. You are. And so we want to be able to walk alongside our people with biblical truth, but also bringing in Sam, who, um, if you haven't read his book, Is God Anti-Gay? He's what we need in the conversation, which is a narrative and a story of personal struggle. So Sam's not coming at it simply as a theologian, but coming at it um, as a man who has struggled with same-sex attraction um, nearly his whole whole life. life, And, And so, but, but sees what God has designed and, and what God's plan is and is walking in a glad submission um, to the things of God. And so I'm, I'm excited about it. The forum will be between 7 p.m. and 9 p.m. on April 15th at each campus, so tax day. Uh, it's a, just a good time to, to sit around and have this discussion. He'll also be preaching um, that weekend, and so I'm, I'm really excited about him coming in and spending time with our staff, our leaders, this forum, our members preaching on the weekend, and I think overall it's going to enable and empower us well to love the world around us in a way that reflects well the grace and mercy of Christ. Absolutely. He'll also be on the podcast show, which I'm excited about, so we're going to really going to get to spend a lot of time with him, and, and as you said, the, the hope is to walk away from this uh, better equipped to love and to care for people um, and to equip our body to understand what the, what the Scripture says and how to love others in a really winsome way. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Now we're just going to turn our attention to talk about ministry and leadership. Specifically, we're going to talk about women in ministry and singles in ministry. So looking forward to that conversation. So one of the things that we have as a distinctive theologically is the theological system of complementarianism. It it believes that men and women are created um, equal in dignity and worth, but yet have specific roles that God has asked us to play for both our goods. So when men are men as God has commanded them to be, um, and women are women as God has commanded them to be, that complementarian relationship leads to human flourishing, a, a, a beautiful design, as, as we called it in uh, the fall series. And so um, one of the things we, we saw here at the village is although our theological, our foundation was complementarian, um, we were concerned about some of the practice of that. And I think that's an error in a lot of churches that are complementarian, um, where that complementarian actually just leads to, we, we believe in, in male headship and a domineering kind of male presence, which which I believe passionately and firmly in male headship, but but I think what a church should seek to model is complementarianism. Yeah, so um, let's flesh that out I, because I, to me, I think this is this is a huge, yeah, huge piece. 
there is a difference between practicing male headship and practicing complementarianism. Yeah, absolutely. Flesh out the difference for me. So if you're talking male headship and all you're interested in is male headship, then then everything is is driven for the man. The man has the opportunity to flourish. The man has the opportunity to lead. The man has the opportunity to work out his faith among the congregation, which all of those are good, beautiful things, sure. right things. But I think what God has called us to in the scriptures is complementarity so that a woman also has a role in which she leads out, and that needs to be celebrated and visible. And and a woman has been gifted, been given gifts by God. When she uses them under God's good design, it, it helps the body flourish. So if in our concern, oh, no, men aren't coming to church, and oh, we're losing right. men, if you swing the pendulum over to, then let's just be this kind of faux masculine um, place, then you really harm what men are called to be. Because godly, strong men should never fear godly, strong women. In right. fact, they should, feel, they should feel very comfortable doing ministry alongside of them. Lori? Yeah. One of the things that you guys have done really well is we haven't, you haven't said um, we don't. We want to take every opportunity to say yes to women instead of saying no to women, and that's just the way that it's worked out practically. Is um, the women who you've who have pressed into you guys and pressed into male headship and complementarity have flourished under that because you guys are yes men to us. I, I want to kind of bring this down just a little bit here to to talk specifically at the village and about the village because there have been some things, especially over this. <laughs> This last study, which, what's it been, bro, a year? Yeah. Uh, Maybe even a little bit longer than that, where we've noticed some disparity between our theological convictions and how that's playing itself out on the ground. And so I want to talk about some of those struggles. And, Laura, I I want you to really chime in here about um, where have we not done a great job at ministering to women at the Village Church? I think one of the things that we probably need to do better is just uh, have more women sort of in a visible public eye who are just recognized by the church yeah. as saying like, Hey, we, we recognize this woman as a strong woman with gifts and we want to create, uh, set her in a position where she's approachable and, um, can be in a sense ministerial toward women. And that helps us women see, Oh, you guys value us. You right. value, um, so it's maybe one of the things that we kind of have wrestled with and I think are still wrestling through. I think, I, I think that's fair. And, and, you and I met, uh, I don't know, three, four weeks ago and had this a similar conversation. Um, and I've had a lot of conversations now with women uh, in our church and on our staff, which has been positive. And yeah. so the earnest desire, again, is not to practice male headship alone, but to practice complementarianism. Yeah. And so uh, I, I feel like we're, we're in this process and, and there's a ship here that's turning and it's going to take a little bit of time for that practice to yeah. catch up yeah. to where we want it to be. And we're, but I do feel like we're trending towards that, and yeah. the tra- trajectory is positive. Yeah, and I don't, I don't want in any way, I want to just be as clear as I possibly can, that regardless of how you, whatever field you want to get into, where men are the type of men that God has asked them to be, where they lead, they love, they sacrifice, they, they really see their lives wrung out for the Lord. Humanity flourishes, and where they refuse to do that, it it shrivels. Yeah. And and so I, I want to make sure that no one's hearing or, or thinking that we're in any way trying to lighten the call on men to be men, because complementarity, it, it doesn't work without strong men. Uh, in fact, you get weak men 
and and a bunch of strong women with weak men, that's not complementarity either. That that starts to f- make things fall apart and break down and and lead you to a place where really in every way you see it break down. So in beautiful design, I said, you can look at this sociologically. I mean, you can look at it economically. You can look at it really in any way you want to look at it. But but ultimately, um, men need to be strong men and women need to be strong women. They need to grow into all that God has for them and men need to. So uh, I want to keep having this conversation, but I want to make sure nobody listening to this hears, hey, so we're relaxing or no, 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 we're shining a brighter light on it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. That's good. So where we find ourselves right now, uh, the, the, the ship is turning in a sense regarding our practice and I'm excited about that. But Lord, talk about right now. Where where can women serve? Where can women lead? How can women join in here at the Village Church now? I think there's very little at the Village Church that is off limits to women. Uh, we can't be pastors and we can't be elders. There are a thousand places to serve. Um, and I think serving starts uh, in our just most immediate context. And so if you're faithful in your home, you're faithful for your, with your roommates, you're faithful with your family, in those places, uh, Proverbs says that a man's gift makes room for him and brings him before kings. And so I think we can trust that if we're faithful in those things, we're faithful in the little things, there are plenty of areas to serve. And not to discount certain areas. One of the places that I've served is Connection Central. And it it's not a shiny, like, leadership sort of position, but it's it's just faithfulness week after week after week. And um, and just trusting that the Lord will will Absolutely. do what He wants to do with yeah. your gifts in the in the proper time and in the proper place. Well, and honestly, that's how you showed up on our radar. You know, you you had gone through the the morning. I mean, that that's my first memory of you is meeting you in Starbucks mm-hmm. at like six a.m., five thirty something a.m. in the yeah. morning, yeah. Um, because you were headed to take the, the, I think, Old Testament survey class or something like that, yeah. and and I was headed to elders meeting, and so you you've just dove into village life and and that's kind of how you got on a, a bigger radar and were entrusted with more and yeah. um, wanted feedback from you as, as a, a strong godly woman who um, had navigated life at the village well and yeah. so I yeah, absolutely so t- to make a, a little bit of a slight shift here uh, away from women specifically to talk about our philosoph- our philosophical approach to singles you know uh, one of one of the things that we get asked about a lot. We talked about this at Village 101. We talk about this at every covenant membership classes. Um, why don't you have a singles ministry? Why don't you have a men's ministry, a women's ministry? Why don't you have a college ministry? Why don't you have a young adult ministry? And I think the easy answer is a philosophical approach that we've taken is we don't have those ministries because we're, we're taking a different route to minister to those people. And so my answer has been um, primarily because we don't, just because we don't have a singles ministry doesn't mean that we don't want to minister to singles. It's not that we're excluding those people uh, from the ministry or we don't have a men's ministry doesn't mean we don't, we don't want to minister to men. We do, indeed. The way that we're going about this is a different approach. And so I want to talk about that approach. And, and again, Lori, I want you to be candid and honest about some of the challenges and, and struggles and some of the things that have been really beautiful about what we're doing here. But fundamentally, our singles... Uh, we're hoping to minister to them in the same way that we're hoping to minister uh, to pretty much everybody here at the church, which is through gospel-centered worship, gospel-centered community, gospel-centered service, and gospel-centered multiplication. And that's what we're doing. That's how we're trying to minister to men, women, single men, single women, married men, married women. 
Yeah, I think that we have this idea that uh, we need a singles ministry because the end goal is marriage, and that's just so short-sighted. For the sure. end goal isn't marriage. I mean, the end goal is an ultimate marriage, but it's the marriage between Christ and the and the bride. And so when we create up and set up structures that uh, have one end in goal as far as, like, this, the singles are here just to kind of meet and mingle and, and meet a spouse, we just kind of – it's just really short-sighted. And so – um, I love that we don't have a singles ministry. I love that the the place to meet people is within community, within your home group. Um, and sure, there are limitations to those things, but I think those limitations are actually good. Flesh that out. Ba- Talk. Man, Psalm 16 says that the boundary lines have fallen for us in pleasant places. And so we can trust that you guys as elders have put processes in place and situations in place uh, that we can trust. We can trust that the Lord is going to do what he's going to do. Um, as long as we're practicing faithfulness, we're trusting the Holy Spirit, we're trusting the sovereignty of God, we can trust that God's going to do what he's going to do within those boundaries. And we don't have to constantly be trying to scale those boundaries to try and find ourselves a spouse or try to um, find ourselves among like-minded people. Um, I think we, we idolize those things. We idolize a spouse or we idolize people who just kind of get us. And that's just not, it's short-sighted. It's not healthy. What do you what do you feel like some of those limitations are? So Matt, Lori, just just chime in. I, I mean, I can think when I first got here, uh, my my first role I here this was what you did. Yeah, I was a singles <laughs> pastor here at the Village Church, and and we were maybe primarily. that's why we killed it. Maybe that's what <laughs> led to no good at it. And that's that may entirely be true. That's for a different podcast. But uh, there are some limitations. Yeah. There are some challenges totally and some hurdles mm-hmm. of uh, how do we. How do we create avenues for singles to meet? Because there is a sense in which you're hoping uh, that a single man will meet a single woman and that that the Lord may bring about marriage. Like, that's a good desire. Yes. That's a good hope there. Um, and so there are some limitations that are in place. And so I, I, I want to be honest about those and not pretend that they don't exist and talk about them. Yeah, I think, uh, honestly, I think, the the big thing in all of church life right now is a um, it, churches are treated a bit like a ecumenical buffet um, where you, you don't you're not really committed to this group of people mm-hmm. in in regards to being a part of a covenant community of faith that's on mission to make much of the name and renown of Christ and grow into all that He has for you in in maturity but but rather what can I get and what does this church give me so if there's a God of our age. Um, I, that I see most often. It's um, the idea that the church exists to serve me rather than I exist to serve the church. And so um, I, I, I totally agree. I, I love Lori's take on, hey, there's some idolatry here. But I also can say that I think finding a, a godly spouse is a good right no thing doubt. that should even be pursued. Um, but, but at the same time, I, I don't know that it falls on the church to create the environment for that. Um, but I do feel the the pull on me, especially when I get around single men and single women who who I don't feel walk in idolatry and love the Lord and are serving in the body, but still feel like there's no place in which they can um, kind of connect and find and 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 establish those types of relationships. So, Lori, here at the village, what do you think some of those specific challenges? that singles are facing here that, that we may have a blind spot towards that we may not as readily see, um, but that you're hearing about because those are some of the circles and the conversations that you're having maybe more regularly than we are. Yeah. I think, um, I think if, if we kind of set up the idea that you're going to 
your community is happening within your home group. That's where you're going to meet a spouse. What ends up happening, like Matt said, it just becomes a, a buffet. And so you've got singles going to home groups hoping to meet a spouse. And well, that doesn't necessarily happen. Talk to us about your home group. What's your home group? Look I like? love my home group. Yeah. I'm in one of the elders leads my home group. And there are no single men in that in that home group. Uh, there's a plethora of single women in it, though. And it is honestly, I'll tell you this, um, having those relationships in my life far outweigh going to a home group that's ripe with single men um, as a possibility, just being pressed into that leadership being uh, trusting that leadership, trusting those guys to to walk alongside me, to brother me, to father me, um, has been far more of a blessing than than any sort of like singles ministry or singles group of singles that I might be a part of. So when we think about groups here at the church, a, a lot of I'd say the majority of our groups, of really the overwhelming majority, and the feel that people will get is that we're pushing people towards multi-generational yeah. mm-hmm. groups. We do have single men groups and single women groups. Uh, depending on the campus that, that you attend, there will be, um, for instance, in Flower Mound, a lot of those single women groups in Flower Mound consist of single women whose spouses are not believers, mm-hmm. um, uh, but they are married women, but they're, they have an unbelieving spouse. Yeah, in Dallas, it's different. Uh, there are a lot of single young professional women, but but the push here, and again, just to be honest about that, is towards multi generational groups. Talk about why, Matt. Well, God has given different gifts and, and different people to the church for the building up of the body unto Christ, right? And so, I've often said that that I think the worst thing I could have that could have ever happened to me is me sitting around when I was 22 talking about what I thought about life with a bunch of other 22-year-olds. Um, there, there's just the only way to be 40 is to be 40, right? You might be wise beyond your years. And then there's there's also a sense in which you panic about things when you're 22 that you will not panic about yeah. when you're 38, yeah. that it feels like the end of the world when you're 24. And when you're yeah. 38, 42, 46, 52, it, it's just a bad Tuesday. Yeah. And, and so That's when good. you let those two do life together, you, you get the maturing, fathering, brothering, mothering, presence of someone that goes, it, this is just a tough Tuesday. Let me try to help you understand why this is just a tough Tuesday. And and the same could be said, even, even if you talk um, young marrieds with their first child. I mean, I remember when Audrey was born, we th- Lauren and I were like, oh my gosh, is this the rest of our life? Are we going to have to function on three, four hours sleep every night? And because now we're fighting more, I'm exhausted at work. I, we're trying to find space. And, and we had some really loving couples. It was actually Gilbert Montez. It was like, no, 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 brother, this is this is this many months, and then you'll enter into, yeah, Yeah. it's a season. So you can't, you don't even know what the seasons are when you're 19, 22, 23. You you really, you're living some of those seasons, but you don't know that they're seasons yet. It's just life. And and a 50-year-old can go, okay, this is a season. Um, and I'm, I'm going to be faithful in this season, whether that season's high, whether that season's low. So gathering people like that, um, where, where the Proverbs would talk about a variety of counselors, um, it, it leads you to make wiser decisions and feel safer 
um, and not think so immaturely about things. And being immature isn't an insult. I think we feel like it's an insult. But as a 40-year-old, I'm going to be immature in some areas that a 60-year-old isn't because they have 20 years on me. So even like to put this really on the ground, um, like I'm, I'm having some issues in how I'm trying to parent right now. I got confused and it was praise God I have guys that I can go to who've already been there and go help me with this. If I lost my mind, am I, am I doing this in a way that honors the Lord? Am I, because I thought I was, but there's some hiccups here. And, and so that availability of an older man that I can go to and go, Hey, your kids love the Lord. They're out of your house. They're married. They're help me with this. How did you deal with this? How did you handle this? So I think that's the real value add of multi-gen. Do you feel like you're experiencing that, Lori, in a sense? And that's not the narrative of every multi-gen home group, but it is... Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I think that one of the most difficult things for a single to to understand is that this season of life is a gift. Um, it really is a gift. And the, it's not a gift because it feels like a gift. It's a gift because the Bible says that it's a gift. And but also, Matt, at 40, that season of life is a gift, too. And uh, one of my roommates at 21, that season of life is a gift, too. And so for us to understand that all of these different seasons of life are not, you're not God's not withholding from us. Right. Um, he's not withholding any good thing from us. And so if we don't have it, we don't need it. And, and that a home, being in a multi-gen home group helps me to see, oh, these guys are just as much walking through struggles and sins and, and issues and gifts, and good things. So, so what are what are other ways? So again, you you do life here deeply. What are other ways we can continue to help um, singles, particularly singles in in this case, but but really all of those stages understand that season of life as a gift. Uh, I think having singles who model it well yeah. as a gift is re- is healthy. Um, I've got girls coming to me all the time talking about. Um, how well I do singleness and I don't think I do singleness super well, but like, I think having singles on, we've talked about this, Josh, just having singles on staff. Um, that sort of thing is, is just says, Hey, we value, we value the season of life. Jesus and Paul were single and we understand that there's, there's a value to the season of life and just publicly sort of affirm it as a gift. That's helpful. That's helpful. And, and I I like what you said, Lord, just about there's all kinds of different gifts. Mm-hmm. So marriage is a gift. Singleness is a gift. Being in your 20s is a gift. Being in yeah. your 50s is a gift. And it really comes back down to what we talked about a few minutes ago of mm-hmm. stewardship and faithfulness yeah. with where the Lord has us and what he's called us to, which is essentially he's called us to serve the body, to love the body, and to take and proclaim the gospel to the nations. Yeah. And I'll be afforded a variety of opportunities in those seasons Absolutely. to play that out a little bit differently and to recognize that I think is good and helpful. And so, you know, just this conversation is a conversation that we just need to keep having and one that we need to keep pressing towards faithfulness and and not shy away from it. It goes back to, um, we're in process. We're not there yet. And again, village one-on-one, this is what we said to those churches over and over and over again. We're not inviting you here because we've arrived and we've nailed it. And we're going to tell you how to really nail it. We're inviting you into the process that we've walked through and to share some things with you that we've learned along the way and really how we're trying to press into faithfulness to a greater yeah. degree. And that, I pray by God's grace that that continues to be the tenor here that we have. And, and so I've enjoyed the conversation. Yeah, yeah. I, I have too. I think that, that ultimately this is what pastors do. And, and so right. I, that, that revelation to me w- was so helpful because I, I kept thinking, 
like, when does this get easier? When are we not in another discipline? When are we not reviewing, you know, our philosophy and practice? When, when do you get there where everything's stable and everything? And a good friend of mine was actually Mark Dever. We were at uh, lunch and he just, he leaned over, he just listened to me. And then he just leaned over and he said, brother, this is the job. Brother, this is what you've been called to. You, you don't get to dance in the middle with the happy sheep. You you shepherd, you love, you serve the body. Right. And so, and even, you know, something like this podcast show is just our, just an opportunity to say, hey, listen, we love you. We're in this with you. Um, we're, we're trying to do what we can um, to serve the Lord and be faithful to the word of God and see what the grace of God might bring about in regards to fruitfulness. And so thank you again for um, dialing into the podcast show. It's a delight to be here with Josh and Lori and uh, we'll be back again here in a couple of weeks and uh, look forward to seeing you then.